as uh, we begin this, uh, the plan of salvation, the Haitian plan. The reason why I say Haitian plan, you'll see the, the reason why, is because it's a plan that really was made by God before creation. And uh, we'll see that if we get there. And what this is, is a systematic study using uh, logical progression. Now, Terry McDonald, he really did the slides and did some of the order, did a little bit of changing, but it was around for years before that. We'll talk about really how that began in just a little bit. But before I do, I just want to give thanks to the elders who uh, have made this possible, this meeting. Uh, we really are thankful for the focus upon evangelism. Uh, we've heard uh, uh, lots of lessons from, uh, from Chris, from um, uh, Bill Blades on evangelism. We've seen it from Clay. He helps us along the way of how to actually deal with certain situations. And so we're, we're so thankful for all of And, of course, uh, Brother Shane. Shane uh, really keeps the focus on evangelism. And it's uh, really good that they do because we forget. And it's something that needs to be at the forefront of our minds all the time. And, uh, and, and so that we need to be reminded. We need to have studies on evangelism. Because that is the work of the church. It's one of the reasons why we gather together. As we study and learn God's word, we take it out to the world. And that's always been God's plan. God has had, uh, for example, uh, prophets like Jeremiah. Chris is teaching on, about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, as a young man, began proclaiming the, uh, the word of God. Uh, he didn't like to at certain times. He got discouraged. He had all of these things. And this is what's going to happen to us when we take the gospel to the world. We're going to have all kinds of situations. But what has happened to us so many times, I know I have had this happen, where you become discouraged. And you just don't, uh, you know, don't really make it a focus. You know, somebody crosses your path and ready to study, okay. But you got to, we have to make it our focus to uh, reach as many people as we can in our community. And some will uh, respond to it. I, I don't want to say too much about that. We want to thank the elders once again for the preparation that they've made for the meeting. Uh, all the cards and the, the ways that we can invite and online and in cards and, and, uh, and continually uh, uh, making all the, the worship and the order and the, what's going to happen during the week uh, of the meeting. And uh, this that's really great that uh, they are organized in that way and have that clarity, that focus uh, upon doing that. And for the rest of us, I uh, want to really commend you for wanting to be here, for your desire in studying God's Word, furthering your um, um, influence with God's Word, and uh, we have an opportunity to do that this week. And so, uh, how we can do it. Now, this lesson uh, is divided into four, uh, or this series is divided into four lessons. And the first lesson we're going to talk about this morning is Bible authority. We're going to see that the Bible is the only standard of authority. That's where a lot of people go wrong. But authority is really important. If people don't get authority, they're not going to get the rest. So authority is a must. 
and, uh, and that's the first thing that we uh, will we'll talk about. Uh, restoring fellowship with God and with God's people. And really what this is about is what the church is. Uh, what is the church? We hear so many uh, negative things about churches because churches are made up of people and people are sinners, including us. And uh, so what is the church? And uh, what is it in God's, uh, in, in God's mind? What was his plan? Why, why did he make it the way it's so? Well, he revealed it. It's very uh, clear uh, to us. Uh, the third part is the departure from authority. We're talking about the falling away. It was prophesied that there would be a falling away of the church, of God's people. And uh, that, uh, of course, then there was a restoration. And uh, then there's been uh, a lot of uh, getting back to the Bible. And uh, we're going to look at uh, examples of that in the Old Testament, that if we just do the same thing that they did, then we would be doing the right thing. And so, getting back to the Bible. Um, the fourth thing is identifying the New Testament church. What is the church? We're going to look at the name, the organization, the work, the worship. Uh, how do you become a member of it? The Bible is very clear and very specific. It forms then a pattern. It is something that uh, uh, is a blueprint uh, for uh, us to follow. Uh, you might say it's our Bill of Rights, Christian's Bill of Rights, the whole Bible. Certain parts of the Bible really get into it as we uh, look at uh, some of that. Um, And uh, it worked for uh, others as well. 
it forms a, a good, solid foundation, even the four parts that we just went through, the titles of them, and then, and then uh, filling in what you want later. Uh, you can, you know, you can change and use different illustrations. There's uh, different uh, scripture that you can use. Uh, and so, uh, it's not a substitute. Uh, and so we can adapt. And we, you follow this, and you, as you learn it, you can adapt and have your own method, your own way of, of, uh, of presenting it. Uh, the, the notes and, and with scriptures and illustrations, sometimes you don't get a study every week. It might be months, it might be years before you have another study uh, with somebody in God's Word. Well, you have all, I'll provide all the notes and uh, the PowerPoint slides you can have. You don't need to worry about taking notes. I'm going to have more notes than what I'm going to be able to speak on. And uh, so there are layers. Uh, and and uh, if you need more illustrations, if you need more scripture, then there are more. But if one trip scripture proves the point, then you don't need anything else. Uh, if, if it's not real clear, you might want to use an illustration, another illustration, uh, and uh, then or another scripture. And so uh, there, there are what uh, things that you can do and, and adapt to help the one you're studying with to have a logic uh, progression and uh, be ready at the particular time. So you can ask a question at the wrong time. You ever done that? Maybe it was the right time to ask that question. And uh, so this is the, the type of things that we'll learn and we'll spend the rest of our life learning how to do these kinds of things better. I'll have more comments uh, on Wednesday night at the end of what to do uh, as, as teachers teaching somebody the gospel and uh, some, some other tips that might, might help you uh, along the way. So, uh, how the system came into existence? Well, a guy who was going to study with an atheist. Where do I start? Well, start with God and the Bible. He said, that's it. That's what we have to do with the rest of the plan of salvation uh, for people to understand. And uh, so, that's the procedure. And so, um, you don't put one thing over, out in front of another. You don't take shortcuts uh, sometimes. Um, there's exceptions to that. Uh, I know I've studied with a couple of people and didn't have much time. Want to have like an hour or two. So what do you have to do? You, get, you teach the plan of salvation and you go through certain points and highlights and, and uh, get to the end. The problem with that is that uh, a lot of times people fall away uh, because they haven't been grounded with a uh, complete uh, plan uh, presented in that way. Well, let's, we'll go ahead and get started uh, as soon as we uh, get right now. And uh, so the best place to start is uh, the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, God had created the heavens and the earth. That's the very beginning. Uh, God made everything. He, he, uh, he put man here on earth because he wanted man here. Uh, there's not anything that uh, he has not made. He's made everything, uh, and everything was designed by God. He spoke, and it was created. Now, it's like a, a watch. Now, this watch is mine. I can do whatever I want with this watch. Yeah, I can sell it. I can uh, uh, throw it away. I can break it. I can let it sit in my drawer for years. 
and then use another watch in this place, I can do whatever I want with this watch. I can clean it. I can do whatever. Well, this is what God has done with creation. He is the authority. I'm the authority of my watch, but He's the authority of the whole universe. Why? He made it. He did it all. So who are we to question God's authority? So when we get to a point in Scripture and say, well, I don't agree with that. I can't become a Christian because of this or that. Well, God is fair and just. And that's what you learn the more you study God's Word. And he is fair and just in everything He does. And by the way, what kind of God would we have uh, who, uh, who would sacrifice His Son so that we might live? What kind of God would do that? Sacrifice His only beloved Son. A fair and just God. But nobody talks about that God. They just say, I don't agree with the authority. Wait a minute. We are not in any position to, uh, to question God, to disagree with God. We can study and learn more about it that we don't understand. But we're not in a position uh, to, to do that. So uh, he is the uh, authority, and that's the problem. Most people do not respect the authority of the scriptures. So uh, we don't have any right to say well, God, you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do this and this work? He did everything the way that he wanted to do. He has a purpose for it all. And that's where we learn more and more about it as we study God's Word. But what do I need to know in order to become a Christian, to start my walk, start my journey, to learn all these things and continue to grow in Christ? And that's where it is. We're not uh, to go and learn everything that, we, uh, that there is to know and then become a Christian. Then there's no room for growth. You're, you're, you're there. But we, God has designed it. You become a Christian and you grow. And some people will have problems, more problems than other people and so forth. But you continue to grow. Um, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, it uh, shows the point that the evidence of God is seen in its uh, creation. Uh, Romans chapter 1. If you have a Bible, uh, uh, or if you don't have a Bible, it's one in the pew, but if you have a Bible, it's good to kind of try to follow along uh, the best you can. Uh, now, I'm not going to go through this at the speed that I would be teaching somebody else. I'm going to try to do it a little bit faster, because really, it takes uh, more time to sit down and teach somebody the gospel and go through it in a, you know, uh, a medium rate. So I'm going to do some of these kind of fast. Some of these I will quote scripture from the head. You don't, you really want to read it to them. But there are some scriptures that are kind of like a supporting to another scripture. In my mind, that's that's okay. I can quote that scripture, and it just supports what the point of already made, and, and maybe in a different way or clearer way. Um, so uh, the. Uh, authority is very clear. Everything came from God or everything came from nothing. And so it's uh, what we've seen in, in uh, creation. Uh, we see in Genesis 1.26 that God had made man in His image. He's given uh, morality to man. Animals don't have that. He gave intelligence. He gave uh, the ability to make a choice 
Animals do things by instinct and other things. But man has been created in his image. He is after the likeness of God. God has morality. He has intelligence. He has all intelligence. Uh, we are to, we have consciousness, we have reasoning, we have rationality, we have life. And so we see that it took intelligence and planning to make the universe and uh, to deny this fact, we are without excuse. So would, which is easier? Is it the, um, the watchmaker or did it happen by chance? Well, we can see that it took uh, the watch. Uh, watchmaker. That sounds more reasonable, doesn't it? It sounds more scientific uh, to do that. So the earth and the sun and the moon and uh, um, the, the human beings and uh, animal world and vegetation and the seas, all of these and all the micro uh, uh, organisms that are in everywhere. That's complicated. It's more complex uh, than, than making a watch. Making a watch, it takes intelligence, it takes planning, but it's, this is much more um, detailed. It's much harder. Now, we don't say that this watch just popped into existence. Well, we're not gonna say that this universe just came by chance, some kind of an explosion. Look at the order. There has to be intelligence behind that. It took planning, and uh, of course God uh, had, had all, all of that and wisdom in order to do it. And so here, God exists. Now this is a place right here that you get a commitment. You, want, you get commitments as you go along, do you, and you ask the question, do you believe in God? Now, supposedly, most of the time, we're going to know that answer when we're studying with somebody before we get to this point to sit down and study about the Bible. We're going to ask him, do you uh, believe in God? And then uh, the God of the Bible might be a different thing, so you need some other additional things, and that's where you get some help in evidence. But the reason why I say that is because one time, somebody got to the end of the study and they said, Oh, that all sounds great, but I don't believe in God. <laughs> so what good does it do if you don't believe in God to study the Bible to understand this point? And so uh, God is the creator of the Bible, and well, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to uh, prove that as well. So uh, if they say, you know, no, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, sometimes you can go to this slide, and, and that will kind of help. Everything came from God, or everything came from nothing. And uh, I won't get into that, but the two law of thermodynamics is scientific. And the first law is man cannot be created or destroyed. Okay, so it can't be created uh, uh, or uh, matter cannot be created or destroyed. So, but it's made, it's here. You can't create it, you can't destroy it. Not anything physical, it won't happen. But you get into the spiritual realm, now you're talking about God. God is spiritual, and He can create this physical universe. Uh, and, or everything came from nothing. Do you really believe that? There's been colleges, I think the University of Washington was one, they had an empty thing, and they were just left it empty. 
They're going to prove that something can come from nothing. <laughs> I, I think they gave up on that a long time ago. But that's just not going to happen. So it's, uh, it's this, that. So you really don't go to slide three unless they believe that God exists. And so you get glass of the materials. I provided the proof for the existence of God uh, in the notes. Uh, you know, it's a two-page uh, outline in the notes. And uh, so got to move on. Uh, so here we have uh, God and see how authority was handed down. And uh, we have uh, uh, in, uh, Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so God delegated uh, all authority to Jesus. Now Jesus said this statement after his resurrection. He is the one that has all authority. Why? Because he overcame death. Now this is a point that makes Christianity unique. Makes Jesus totally unique. Because he is the only one that ever conquered death. Uh, and uh, he is the only uh, one that uh, um, demonstrated his power over death. So... No other person, not Buddha, not Mohammed, no other religious leader can make that claim. That's why we submit to him. Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth because he overcame death. Now we can't say that about anybody else, but why do people follow other people who did not overcome death? Jesus overcame death. Um, and so we submit to him. Uh, so, he delegated his authority to the apostles. Notice in John chapter 13. And uh, notice in beginning in uh, uh, chapter 13 uh, through 17, Jesus is talking to his apostles. He was washing their feet. And so through this section, he's specifically talking to them. And we're going to see that the text uh, bears that out. That's a, another thing I forgot to mention that I wanted to mention. That we're going to go through these scriptures and, you know, a lot of, sometimes I have people want to, they start reading up above and below and they want to know what the context is. But so the beauty, the beauty about this is that it doesn't matter what context it's in. These are just plain, simple statements. And similar statements are made in different contexts. So it, it doesn't matter that part. Context is very important. But as far as the plan of salvation, these are just simple plain scriptures that regardless of the context, these still hold true. And they're simple to understand. Um, and uh, John uh, 13 and verse 20 um, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So here we have that you have to listen to the apostles in order to receive Jesus. And if you don't listen to the apostles, you can't receive Jesus. And then if you receive Jesus, then you receive the Father. So... Although the apostles wrote it down, it's just as if the Father is saying. 
and so it is uh, that way. And um, so uh, let's take for an example the president sends a message to through an ambassador, and he's going to say, "Okay, where should we say China?" Okay, China, and he's going to send a message to China. And now the ambassador is told what to say. If it's written down, he can't change what's written down. He can only deliver it to the to China. Never had it there. Now, if they accept the message, now the ambassador is the one to carry it. But who do they also accept? They accept the president. That's the one. If they reject it, then who do they also reject? The president. So if you don't accept the message of the apostles, then and you don't receive Jesus, then you're, uh, you know, you you just reject it. So if you don't accept that message, then it's rejected. So if we accept the, the apostles' teaching, then who also accepts it? The Father. God the Father. Um, and notice uh, in verse 20 where it says, I say to you. Now a lot of times people want to insert themselves, oh, that means me. No. He's talking to the apostles. He's talking to them. And it's going to be made clear uh, when we get to the chapter Look at chapter 20 and uh, verse 21. So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father hath sent me, I also send you. So it's basically the same thing. But we're going to see uh, that he's talking to directly to the apostles later. So what we have, we have the apostles back to Jesus, back to God. Who has inherent authority? He has. He doesn't have to go anywhere to get his authority. He has it within himself. But he gave all authority to Jesus. So that doesn't mean God doesn't have any authority anymore. But he just shows that God and heaven on earth. Jesus has all authority because of his resurrection. Uh, uh, the apostles uh, wrote the Bible. Let's go to Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians is a, a book about the place of the church in the mind of God, so you're going to see a lot of statements in the book of Ephesians uh, on the, the church. In uh, chapter 3 of Ephesians, and uh, beginning in verse 3, that by revelation it was made known to me, this is Paul speaking, so he's talking about the thing known to him, he wasn't the only one, yet some other time he'll put the word us, uh, speaking of the rest of the apostles. The mystery is I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Now, here's where we are putting. Now, then we can't just transfer this and say, well, that means the Holy Spirit. And no, it says you. The Holy Spirit's job is not to interpret the Scripture for us. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal the Scripture. Because if I say the Holy Spirit is helping me reach this conclusion, that's how I got this conclusion. And the Holy Spirit is talking to you to reach the conclusion, and that conclusion is different. But yet what we are saying is that, oh, my conclusion is inspired. It's not inspired. And so the Holy Spirit's job is revealing, and that's what he's doing with the apostles. 
But when we read it, now would God give us a book to say that we can understand it and it's impossible to understand? It doesn't make sense, does it? And so here, uh, uh, what we do, we take into our heart, we read it, we take it into our heart, we try to understand what God wants us to do, and then we do it. And we conform to His will. That's what that passage is teaching. And it'll show, it shows that here's a positive thing that we offer, and it's unique, is that, no, we don't need all these other interpreters or anything. You can read it. And that's the same with me. I, I, I am not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here uh, to, uh, to show you how you could know your uh, right with God. And so you determine that. How do you determine that? By reading the scriptures and uh, uh, what the, the apostles have written down. And, uh, um, notice that if the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all the apostles gave us a book we couldn't understand, then, then uh, what do we have? Well, we have a bunch of miserable failure. You're going to call God a failure? No. It's unthinkable to imply in any way that God's Word is flawed and that it is impossible to understand. And then we can go through a study on evidences, on the origin of the Bible, on the accuracy of the Bible, everything that the Bible talks about historically, geographically, uh, any way you want to look at it, it's been accurate in every, every sense. So um, there, there's just no, no way. A person that says that and thinks that, then has never studied truly the Word of God. You need to trust, truly study the Word of God all the way through before making that kind of mistake. And so there's a lot of know-it-alls that they don't even know what's in the Bible. That just doesn't make sense. So, the Holy Spirit's work in uh, salvation, uh, well, it's a, the power of God to, to save. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of uh, God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so, how could these men, just mere men, Right, the power of God to save. How could they do this? Well, because that's the question, isn't it? Because we know we're flawed. We make mistakes. We don't hear things right. We don't write things down right. We can be thinking it right here and, or, and then write it backwards. That's what I do sometimes. And, you know, so how could they do it and be accurate? Well, this is how we Right to power to say. John 14, 25, they're going to be guided. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit's going to guide them, not guide us. We read, but they were guided into um, John chapter 14. These things, now he's still talking to his uh, apostles. 
These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. Were you talking with Jesus personally? Were you abiding with him? He's not talking to us. He's talking to the apostles. He was abiding with him. And notice some more things. Uh, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to who? You. He never said those things to us. Yeah, he's not going to call them to remembrance of what we have. We never knew it the first time. If we were looking at it for the first time. But here, the apostles was taught. Jesus said, just so that you will remember everything that we forget. And they're human beings. That I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you uh, in, in every way. So, how can he do just that? Well, um, in uh, 2 Peter 1, a very interesting passage that shows us how uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is. First of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Now, a lot of times people interpret this as that you cannot interpret. You're a layman. Only the priest can interpret the Bible for you. But we're not talking about reading the Bible. We already learned in Ephesians that we read, we can understand what it wrote. And so what are we talking about? He said, for no prophecy was ever made by the act of human will. That means... He didn't have the human will, take his own interpretation, and then uh, call that the, the gospel and the word of God. That's not how they did it. They did it where they were moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. That word moved means born uh, along, okay, as a sailboat in the wind. What is a sailboat? How does it reach its destination if he's going against the wind? Well, he's going to use that tacking idea. He's going to go like this and like this. He's going to use that wind, and he's going to reach his destination. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is that power, that wind is on the sailboat, that guides those apostles around exactly what he wanted to have. And so that's just, uh, uh, how it came down to man. Spoke from God. And so he's talking about those who received the word of God, the apostles, and delivered the word of God, the apostles. That's how they were moved. Second Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter first Corinthians two. And uh, beginning in verse 10, this is how inspired words came to man. For to us, now Paul is including the rest of the apostles, God revealed them through the Spirit. We did give the Spirit to all the apostles. Uh, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Let's just take this for a moment. Now, we're looking at each other. Can I read your mind? No. Can you read my mind? No. And we're looking at each other. Now, we might have an action, and that may not be what's in our mind. 
We may be thinking one thing and something else. We've all been in that situation. And somebody questioned us about, no, I didn't have that in my mind at all. So we don't have it in the mind. Well, how can we understand the mind of God who's created all things and so much higher in His thoughts and His ways than us, and we cannot see Him? And that's what He's saying here. We can't. There's only one way, and He's going to show us now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things also we speak, uh, not in words, taught by human wisdom, here again, not that kind of interpretation, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thought with spiritual words. And so here we have what's in our mind, the thoughts, how those thoughts communicated through words, the Holy Spirit, word by word by word, then gave to the Holy Spirit, moved <coughs> up on the apostles, the Holy Spirit did, and you have an inspired word. You have exactly what God said, word by word by word. Sometimes even the tense of the word, if we uh, get the right tense translated properly, uh, makes a big, big difference. Um, the word one makes a big difference. Some people say five, four, three, two, hundreds, and it says one. And so that's exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted. Um, so uh, we're all here. Um, so God's word is all sufficient. Let's uh, look at a uh, little we'll use the remainder of our time with this, and we'll look at that need to uh, this morning in the next lesson. Uh, Jude 3. Okay. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you of our common salvation. That's one of the last books written. It had a common salvation. They were all saved in the same way. They were all had the same faith. They all did the same thing. And uh, we'll see the pattern of that. He said, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing to you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. Okay, now when we see that once for all, we get the idea. One time for all time. That's exactly what it is. The salvation which was common. But then what did he say to do with that common salvation? Didn't say to add something new? He said, contend earnestly for the faith. Now, that means it's going to be contended against. And so we read in the New Testament about those who denied the resurrection. We read where they added things to the Old Testament uh, law. Judaizing uh, uh, teachers did, uh, and so forth. And so they contend earnestly for it. Whatever the thing, we contend earnestly for the faith. And notice uh, in uh, Galatians chapter one, and we'll see this uh, idea of faith being used here uh, in Galatians 1, uh, no, yeah, verse 11, for I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me, so is not according to man, and this is what Paul preached, he's called it the gospel, but notice when he was quoting what other people were saying about him, this is what they were saying. This is what he said. 
uh, in verse 23. But only they kept hearing, he who was once persecuted us, and now preaching the faith. So the faith and the gospel are the same. And so all the truth was given by the faith. And that's back in the, uh, John 14 and John 16, 13. I don't know if I read that one. But that was the one they were guiding to all the truth. There's no more truth to be revealed. Either we listen to the apostles or we don't. 